0: From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President, Tony Perkins.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Washington Watch. I'm Jody Heiss, a congressman from Georgia's 10th Congressional District, filling in today for Tony, who will be back with us on Monday. But until then, I want to welcome you aboard. We've got a fantastic program lined up for you today. Coming up here in the next few moments, first of all, with all the midterm elections just around the corner, just about the only topic the Democrats are talking about is abortion. Imagine that. In fact, according to Stacey Abrams, abortion is the solution for our failing economy under President Biden. Look at- but let's be clear, having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. Unbelievable. And right along the lines of that, the Department of Defense announced yesterday that they plan to underwrite the cost of travel for pregnant women in the armed services who want to go across state lines to have an abortion. Ultimately, the range of
2: actions outlined in the secretary's memo, which will be completed no later than the end of the calendar year,
1: will ensure that we recruit, retain and maintain the readiness of our nation's highly qualified fighting force. In just a moment, Congressman Andrew Clyde will join us, and we'll discuss both of those topics. The campaigns in this election cycle are making it abundantly apparent that there is a vast difference between the two parties. In fact, that could not be more clear. On the one hand, the Republicans have offered all sorts of plans covering everything from the economy, inflation, crime, the border, energy, all these things while the Democrats simply seem to want taxpayer-funded abortion through all nine months of pregnancy. Well, don't just believe me. Just yesterday, the president himself, when asked what he favors as it relates to restrictions on abortions.
0: Mr. President, should there be any, restric- should there be any restrictions on abortion at all? Any restrictions on abortion at all? Uh,
3: yes, there should be. Yes, what should they be? be? In Roe v. Wade. Read it, man. You're, you're a
1: Stunning. So just what does that really mean? What would returning to the Rose standard actually mean? Well, a little bit later in the program, we'll be speaking with Roger Ganem, just about that. He's with Liberty Council. And then finally, as Christians, how should we respond to fellow believers who don't want to get too political? Well, we'll be talking with the former National Director of Faith Engagement for the Republican National Committee, Chad Conley. He's developed an incredible program for pastors and other Christian leaders to engage in politics from the perspective of their faith. You'll enjoy that, and you'll want to stay tuned for it. Just a reminder before we get going, if you uh, want to stay in touch with this and other past programs, you can simply go to TonyPerkins.com. So if by chance you miss any portion of today's program, you'll be able to find it on the website. And also, with the elections approaching, be sure that you don't go to the ballot box being uninformed. You want to be an informed voter. So I urge each of you to text the word GUIDE to 67742. By doing so, you'll receive a voter guide specific to your individual state. So not only you, but I encourage you to speak with family, your friends, your neighbors, Uh, small groups, coworkers, whomever you need to speak with, text GUIDE to 67742, and they likewise will be able to receive a voter guide. All right, we are going to be joined here in just a few moments with Congressman Andrew Clyde. He's having a little bit of trouble getting on with us. So uh, in a few moments, uh, while we're waiting for him to join us, I've asked for Joy Stockbauer, who is FRC's policy analyst for the Center of Human Dignity, uh, to come on and speak with us a little bit about this uh, first issue that we want to discuss. Uh, Last month, some of you may remember Senator Lindsey Graham actually put forward a national policy uh, proposal for uh, restrictions to abortions for 15 weeks or more. That spurred all sorts of discussion. Uh, Democrats started screaming that Republicans are extremists, that they're out of touch, uh, and nothing could be further from the truth. In fact, the reality is it's the Democrats who are vastly out of touch. Let's begin by looking at this video clip.
4: But let's be clear.
5: Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much
1: food costs. All right, Joy, thank you for joining us right now. Let's uh, uh, let's get your reaction to that, what uh, Stacey Abrams has to say.
6: It's good to be with you, Congressman Heiss. Um, I would say that what Stacey Abrams has to say is absolutely the Democrats' uh, messaging being in lockstep with the messaging of the abortion industry, um, a- Abortion supporters want women and families to believe that children are detrimental to their success. They want women to believe that having children holds them back from being successful in any other aspect of life. And now they want uh, families and mothers to believe that children will hold them back from being economically stable.
1: Well, you know, it's, um, it's stunning to me how the Democrats right now, the attitude seems to be one that children are a burden. I mean, what a a disastrous worldview to have when we know that in reality, children are an incredible gift from God. I have a a quote here. Earlier in the month, U.S. Secretary of Education uh, Cardona actually made this statement. Access to reproductive health care is vital to the students and countless others for success in college and beyond. So somehow you would have to believe by this statement that having a baby prevents one from success. I mean, this is a stunning statement. Again, your thoughts on this?
6: Absolutely, I agree that it is stunning that the leaders of our nation are telling young American women that the only way that they can succeed in their career goals and in their educational goals and in general economic stability is by killing their own children. Um, I think this is incredibly harmful for young women to be hearing from the leaders of their nation that they will not be able to simultaneously pursue motherhood and pursue all of their other dreams. And in fact, this encourages young women to stigmatize motherhood and to view motherhood as a burden rather than the blessing from God that we know that it is.
1: Well, you know, you, you hear this type of thing and it really causes a deep disturbance, Deep within our soul, to even have these type of uh, accusations, allegations, worldviews being espoused in public, and you know, one of the leaders of all this, of course, is Stacey Abrams, and uh, the comments that she has made recently, you would think that after the criticism that she's received, which has been enormous, that she would at least come back and rethink her position, but instead, she has literally doubled down. Uh, saying that Republicans are lying, uh, that uh, indeed uh, babies somehow are are, uh, having babies contributes to the uh, part of the solution, if you will. But having babies is part of the problem of the economy that we're experiencing. How do you wrap your brain and your heart around this worldview that seems so prevalent?
6: I think that this is just uh, a consequence of 50 years of abortion on demand through all nine months of pregnancy, which has been the law of the land since Roe v. Wade was decided in 1973. Abortion has infiltrated our culture. It has infiltrated the worldview of our leaders. Um, and so the fact that abortion is now being touted as a necessary component of our economy it's just a logical consequence of this line of thinking that uh, the Democratic Party has so wholeheartedly embraced.
1: Okay, Joy, thank you so much for, for your insight, your input today. I want to switch back, if we can, to Congressman uh, Andrew Clyde. Uh, uh, Congressman Clyde serves uh, in Georgia's 9th Congressional District. He serves on the House Committee on Homeland Security and also the House Committee on Oversight and Reform. Congressman Clyde, thank you so much for joining us today on Washington Watch.
5: Well, Jody, it's great to be with you. Uh, Thank you for having me.
1: Well, it's our privilege. Listen, we've been discussing already and talking about some of the radical views, the positions that Stacey Abrams is putting forth. Uh, You know, what do you think? What do you you think about some of these comments that somehow or other uh, babies themselves contribute to the problem of the economy, for example?
5: Uh, you know, that's an amazing response by Stacey Abrams. Again, it is an attempt at by the left to put abortion front and center prior to the November 8th elections. Uh, you know, they have tried to do this continuously. They believe that they're going to win on this issue. Uh, it, I, I think it's wrong. Inflation is the primary issue that Americans are concerned about. And then after that, it's crime. And she's trying to link to link abortion to inflation, which just I don't see where the link is, but I certainly see that the Democrats do not value children. They do not value life, and that is just an unthinkable thing um, for them to do. That and the country needs to know that. You know, this is a this is a distraction uh, from the the crises that we're seeing at the by the Biden administration. And uh, Stacey Abrams is uh, trying to um, to cover for it and saying that somehow abortion, you know, access to abortion. Is a uh, is a way to lower inflation, uh, or is a, uh, a a way to deal with inflation and make it better, and that's just wrong.
1: Well, it, it absolutely is, and you know, it's it's so difficult to even wrap the mind around that type of thinking uh, just by itself. Uh, and I do want to hit on some other things. I want to want to talk to you in just a second about the Defense Department what they came out with yesterday. But before we hit that, you just you just hit it. Uh, The American people, the voters right now, are so concerned about other things, things like the economy and crime and a host of other things. Are the Democrats so out of touch that they don't catch what's going on, or do they really believe that abortion somehow is a winning issue?
5: No, I think they believe that abortion is a winning issue, Jody, and, and I don't think the American people believe it's a winning issue, but they're trying to push it in every possible way. I mean, you saw the FBI uh, arresting these folks, these pro-life people outside of clinics, uh, you know, who who months and months ago... Um, you know we're protesting, and here they are right before the election, uh, making the news, arresting these people, uh, in trying to keep abortion alive front and center, just like what happened a few weeks ago in our oversight hearing. There, where uh, Dr. Kunar, um and they and with Dr. Kunar, where they tried to push abortion as health care, and those states that re, that restrict abortion services are therefore restricting women's health care. That's the narrative they're trying to drive, and it. It's a false narrative. It absolutely is completely false, but that's what they're trying to do, to push this front and center to the American people. They think that this is a winning issue for them in November. It's not a winning issue. Um, you know, I'm, I'm so thankful for the Roe v. Wade, uh, that it was taken down by the Dobbs decision. And um, I, I think that American people are concerned about the real crises that are affecting our nation, affecting our pocketbook, you know, crime, uh, open borders. Um, all of those things that the Biden administration policies have caused.
1: All right, Andrew, we've got about 60 seconds before we have to take a break. And I want you, if you will, to stay with us uh, during the break. But the Pentagon yesterday announced that the Department of Defense will actually pay pregnant service uh, members to go to other states for an abortion in about 30 seconds. Uh, we'll, We'll hit more after the break. But real quickly, what's your initial thoughts on that? Well,
5: I don't see how that um, uh, jives with the Hyde Amendment. You know, I think that, that uh, the Hyde Amendment prevents federal money from being or being used uh, to uh, uh, pay for abortions or pay for those things that, that relate to abortion. So I think the Pentagon is wrong here. I think the Pentagon needs to, be, uh, to answer for this. They need to, um, uh, to explain how this is legal. Um, All right, Andrew, if you
1: will, keep keep that thought. We'll come back here in just a few moments and continue with Congressman Andrew Clyde and some stunning comments that the president just made. Stay tuned. Thank you for joining us on Washington Watch.
0: Would you like to spend consistent time in God's word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible.
4: Learn more at FRC.org forward slash life.
1: We're keeping our discussion with U.S. Representative Andrew Clyde. He serves on the House Committee on Oversight and Reform as well as Homeland Security uh, Congressman, I want to shift gears a little bit with you if, you, if we can. I don't know if you saw the president or not today, but in a speech, he actually spoke about the economy. And, well, let's begin with this clip, and then we'll go from there. Today, we have further proof that we're rebuilding the economy in a responsible way. Today, my administration announced that this year, the deficit fell by $1.4 trillion, the largest one-year job in American history. Stunning. I mean, mean, let's look at this, Congressman. the The government spending for 2022 was something like 420 billion dollars higher than what even the president requested, and much of that was due to COVID emergency spending, which now has expired. So that uh, tremendous amount of money that was in there that now has expired and no longer is able to be spent. The president is coming along and taking credit for uh, somehow he's taking a victory lap for lowering the deficit somehow. And yet this is simply much of it, just uh, spending that has expired. Give me your thoughts on this.
5: Oh, you're absolutely right, Jody. I mean, the president is taking credit for something that he had nothing to do with. I mean, this is where Congress, you know, set a time limit on the amount of COVID money and when it could be spent. And, you know, he announced that the pandemic was over. Therefore, you have COVID money that is no longer being able to be spent, and therefore it cannot be added to the deficit. So he's calling this, a you know, a deficit reduction uh, that he's taking credit for. Somehow his policies must have done this. Well, his policies had absolutely nothing to do with it. You know, if he was really doing his job, then we would have a balanced budget where $31 trillion in debt and, and a significant portion of that, you know, almost $5 trillion is under his watch.
1: I well, mean, I think we that's... should. Yeah, that's extremely well said. Uh, what you just said—that he's taking credit uh, for something that someone else has done—I think that is that that just wraps all of it up in a in a nutshell. You know, I look at this, Andrew, and there are like nine out of the top ten states that are experiencing a job recovery. Nine out of the ten have Republican governors, and the tenth one has a. Republican uh, legislature involved. And you you look across the board of 21 states that are the lowest in unemployment, 17 of them are Republican led states. So when you say the president is taking credit that someone else has done, I think you're spot on. You know, when you look at the job recovery and so forth, uh, that's just a continuation of what you're talking about, isn't it?
5: Oh, absolutely it is. I mean, you've got our state of Georgia where uh, Governor Brian Kemp, uh, you know, kept us open uh, or opened us really early on and then you've got Florida. I mean, the states that are open, the states where the Republican governors are saying workers need to get back to work, you know, the pandemic, uh we can deal with it, but we can still keep our lives and our livelihoods in order. Uh that's the states that are being successful. It's the blue states that uh, that believe in lockdowns, that believe in in, um, uh, in making sure that, that their people stay home and that they're on government, on the government dole. Those are the states that are not surviving very well. It's the Republican led states that are doing really well. And the president wants to take credit for it. And that's just wrong. You know, the policies of this president have done nothing but create crisis after crisis after crisis for this nation. And I'm hoping on November the 8th, the American people send him a red tsunami and say no, no more.
1: Okay, well, let's talk about that. We have the elections coming up less than two weeks away now. Uh, You expressed your hope as uh, I'm sure millions of other Americans have a red tsunami. But uh, give me your thoughts on what you think is going to turn out here in just over two weeks with the election.
5: Well, you know, uh, Jody, I'm hoping that every solitary American turns out because every American has been affected by inflation. Uh, They've been affected by the 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 8.3 percent inflation that we're seeing, the highest inflation in 40 years caused by this president's terrible economic policies so they need to vote for their pocket their their pocketbooks exactly what uh, what is the primary issue and after that's crime and you've got open borders uh, these are issues that are directly affecting every citizen in the United States you know every state is a border state because of the way the federal government has been pushing these illegals into every state of the union and th- it is having a huge economic impact on the states and our communities. Um, And the people need to get out and vote. I believe they'll vote Republican. I believe we'll take back the House. Um, I'm certainly hoping that we'll take back the Senate because we need to do that in order for our country to be put back on track, both economically and then um, as well in every other way uh, for the safety of our nation.
1: All right. Well, two questions. And we've just again, Andrew, we have just a couple of minutes left. So uh, if you can be a little bit briefer with the first one, because I want to hit on the second one, if we can, a little bit more. But one of the issues that I'm always concerned about at a time like this is the lame duck session uh, that's coming up. And you look over in the Senate right now, they're dealing with issues like the so-called Respect for Marriage Act. Uh, how concerned are you about the upcoming lame duck session? And if we can be kind of quick on this, because I have one more I want to throw to you. Uh, Jody,
5: I'm very concerned about the lame duck session. Uh, When we take back the House and the Senate, it'll be the Democrats' last opportunity to drive their big socialist, their big government socialist agenda into the American people. And so it's very concerning, and we have to stand strongly against it.
1: Okay, so one more quick question before we go to the break. Uh, If, and uh, hopefully it will, but if the Republicans indeed take the House and the Senate, Uh, Where do you think they need to immediately go? What needs to be the priority? What needs to be the immediate focus?
5: Well, I think, uh, number one, we've got to um, uh, get rid of these 87,000 IRS agents that are going to do nothing but uh, uh, audit the middle class. I think we need to secure our borders. Uh, That needs to be a top priority as well. Uh, you know, the Republicans have their commitment to America, uh, and that is a nation that is uh, secure, that is an economy that's strong, that is a future based on freedom, and a government that's accountable. All of those things uh, we need to work on. It'll take us probably six to eight months to get through that, but uh, I think the number one is the IRS and then the, and securing the border.
1: Andrew Clyde from Georgia's ninth Congressional District, thank you for joining us today on Washington Watch. Coming up, The president says the only restrictions that he wants when it comes to abortions would be those found from the Roe v. Wade decision. So what does that mean? We'll we'll discuss that right after this break. Yesterday, President Biden was asked if he thought that there should be any restrictions to abortion. This is what he had to say.
0: Mr. President, should there be any restrictions should there be any restrictions on abortion at all? Any restrictions on abortion at all? Uh, yes, there should be. What should they be? And Roe v. Wade.
3: Read it, man. You'll get
0: educated.
1: Read it, man. You'll get educated. So the question begs: What did he mean by that? What did he mean by restrictions in Roe v. Wade, and what would a return to Roe v. Wade mean in practice? Well, joining me now to discuss this is Roger gannam He's the Assistant Vice President of Legal Affairs at Liberty Council. Roger, welcome to Washington Watch. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. Well, it's an honor to have you, Roger. We appreciate it. And you are you are a legal expert. You know the Supreme Court inside and out. So, the question comes from what the president said, uh, you know, what, what, what happens if somehow Roe v. Wade is codified? What did the president mean when he said, return to Roe v. Wade, man, read it. What What's he talking about there? Well, I'm not sure president
2: Biden knows what he was talking about, uh, because today's democratic party, after all, wants abortion available anytime for any reason, uh, codifying Roe v. Wade, were that even possible, uh, would simply mean that states would no longer have the power to regulate or restrict abortion to the extent that they have today after the Dobbs decision. Roe simply said that that states can't regulate abortion um, with unlimited power because there is a federal right to seek an abortion in the U.S. Constitution. The Dobbs decision from the Supreme Court this term said, no, that doesn't exist. Uh, and so, states are now free to regulate abortion uh, as they see fit, and thankfully, many states have have taken the opportunity to do
1: that. So, what would happen if there was a return to roe though I mean, what kind of restrictions would be there what what uh, you know the, because you 're exactly right the president the Democratic party themselves, extremists on the issue of abortion, want zero restrictions all the way up to birth, uh, but that did not exist before so what what kind of restrictions would there be well i think we would go back to the the regime before dobbs it
2: states that want to protect the right of the unborn uh, to live um, would be uh, would be vastly limited in how much restriction they could put on abortion uh, they would have to uh, jump through a lot of hoops and and justify any restriction uh, against this this idea that a that a woman has an unlimited right to control the unborn life in her body. Um, so what we would see is laws like we well, 'd see more cases like New York and other states that have essentially removed all restrictions on abortion uh, that 's really what the Democratic party wants and you can bet any legislation coming from a Democratic Congress headed for President Biden's desk, uh, would look a lot more like that uh, than any kind of uh, meaningful restriction on on abortion. Uh, Like, again, like we're seeing now throughout the country following the Dobbs decision.
4: But
1: the other uh, fits as well. I mean, there were other states that had some degrees of restrictions uh, under Roe v. Wade, and it seems as though the president is oblivious to that. Uh, what, What are your thoughts on that end of the spectrum?
2: Well, uh, I, I think it's, it's a great time to point out that the law that led to the recent Dobbs decision was a, a 15-week abortion ban, which really puts the, would, would have put Mississippi uh, in line with many uh, countries in Europe and around the rest of the world, um, where they do want restrictions on abortion. Uh, most people don't want unlimited abortion uh, in their country. Um, and so the law that Mississippi uh, passed and that led to the Dobbs decision uh, really wasn't radical at all in terms of worldwide abortion restrictions. Um, but we're made to believe that, that that's radical uh, and that the only way forward is to is to remove all restrictions uh, and let there be unlimited abortion throughout the United States. And, and what we're seeing in, in gubernatorial races and, and other uh, Democratic versus Republican races around the country is the Democrats' Uh, campaign strategy seems to be more abortion please. Uh, that's what they're promoting. Uh, that's what uh, President Biden is promoting. Uh, and there should be no doubt that uh, any idea of reasonable restrictions on abortion uh, is not going to be available under any uh, Democratic-led effort.
1: I think that's an excellent point on multiple fronts that you bring up, Roger. You know, you, you look at uh, polling nationwide, and it appears as though the Democrats are oblivious to the reality that their position is extremists. Uh, Over 60 percent of Americans do not favor abortion up until birth. And yet they continued pushing this. Why do you think that's so? Well, the only way that they can win the issue
2: is through fear and and disinformation. Uh, Many people were led to believe that the overturning of Roe v. Wade meant that abortion became illegal throughout the United States. And of course, that's not true. It simply returned the issue back to the states. Um, one uh, uh, candidate, Democratic candidate, is running commercials uh, showing police beating down the doors of of women who have uh, had an abortion to, to haul them off to jail as if that's what uh, what the pro-life cause uh, really wants. Um, but the bottom line is that uh, the, you know, Conservatives, Christians, really want to protect mothers and babies uh, at all stages, uh, and so it's only through disinformation and outright lying that uh, the Democrats uh, the Democrats can win this issue.
1: Well, I, I think you're spot on on that, and not only uh, are, are they do the majority of Americans not want abortion all the way up to birth, but there are other issues that are more important: inflation, crime, all these sorts of things, which the Democrats seem to be totally ignoring altogether. Why are they ignoring it in about 30 seconds? Well, they're ignoring it because they have no solution. Uh, In fact,
2: they are the problem. Uh, And so anything they can do to downplay that uh, is what they're going to do. And the only issue that leaves them uh, is this idea of abortion. And so disinformation, misinformation about abortion uh, is the campaign strategy. Uh, Thankfully, I don't think America is going to fall for it. and, And I think we're going to
1: see uh, even more pro-life candidates. Elected. Roger, thank you so much for coming on a hard break. Roger Gannon, Liberty Council. Thank you much more straight ahead on Washington Watch. We'll be right back.
3: What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com.
6: With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAN to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAN to 67742 and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like minded community. Text S T A N D to 67742. That's STAND to 67742.
4: Are you a university student? This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply.
1: Welcome back to Washington Watch. Glad to have you joining us this evening. Just a reminder, be sure that when it's time to vote that you go to the ballot box informed. We want to be able to help you. I encourage you to text the word GUIDE to 67742. You'll receive a voter guide specific to your individual state. So I encourage you and also your family, your friends, your coworkers, small groups, whomever it may be in your world, encourage them to text GUIDE to 67742. You'll receive a voter guide specific to yours and their individual states. Well, Christians, the good news is that we can move the needle when it comes to election results. That's also the message of Faith Wins, which is an incredible organization dedicated to educating, activating, and mobilizing faith leaders in order to help impact our government, to help impact the political arena. But we want to do more than just win elections. This is critical. We want to restore morality to our country. We want to restore integrity. We want to restore honor. Joining me now to discuss this is Chad Conley. He's the founder and CEO of Faith Wins. Chad, welcome to Washington Watch. It's an honor to have you.
7: Hey, Congressman, how are you doing, sir? It's great to see you, man.
1: Well, thank you. It's great to see you as well. We appreciate you joining us on Washington Watch. Look, I, I, I've, all, I've been impressed with you. You are you are the uh, Republican National Committee's very first ever National Director of Faith Engagement. Uh, so just to kind of come out of the gates, what did you learn from that experience? What were the takeaways from that?
7: You know, Jody, I think it, what it showed me was God let me run all over the country and build relationships with various denominations and that Christian voices and votes could be heard you and I probably would agree 100% with most everybody on here, is there are too many people even on the right side who want to minimize the Christian voices. They want the votes, but not the voices. And so Chairman Rights Priebus gave me a seat at the table and let me impress upon some of the consultants in the world that Christian voices need to be heard and felt at every level. And so I just think the Lord let me... Take a good look at that, Jody, and go around the country and um, build those relationships. And Faith Lens has become an extension of that in these last five years since we founded it.
1: Well, it's absolutely an incredible story. And all of us are deeply, deeply grateful for the, the, the way that you have plowed through this incredibly important segment of our culture that uh, is being told day in, day out, month in, and month out that this separation of church and state means that they don't need to be engaged. somehow they're second-rate citizens. And so as a result, Chad, you know, I know as being a pastor myself prior to going to Congress, I've, I've seen it, I've heard it so many times, but what do you say to that pastor, to that Christian leader who may for one reason or another just simply be reluctant to becoming what they believe is too political? What do you say to that person? You know,
7: I actually had a pastor who said it to me 2 weeks ago in Wisconsin. You, you know, we're on the middle of our well at the end of our 132 cities and 24 state tour. And so I've got these stories in virtually every state, Jody, but I was in Wisconsin a couple of weeks ago, center part of the state, and a pastor who hosted us said, "Chad, I love what you're doing. I appreciate it. I'm letting you use our venue because your pastor buddy who works with you up here in Wisconsin asked me." And but I'm skeptical. I said, what are you skeptical about, Pastor? And and keep in mind, Jody, this is a guy all tattooed on his arms. He was saved late in life, and he really had not been informed about any of this stuff. He said, I'm just skeptical about the political side. I said, Pastor, do you think that we want you to be political? He said, "I I assume that. I said, no, sir, we just want you to be biblical. And he said, "Oh, okay, well, I wasn't expecting that. What do you mean? I said, can you stick, stick around, listen to my testimony and to David Barton's presentation in our American Restoration Tour. And, Jody, he had like 125 pastors there. I think we were in La Crosse, Wisconsin that day. And I watched as I spoke. He stayed the whole time, even though he said he couldn't. He stayed during David Barton's presentation. He came up to me afterwards. He grabbed me by the arm, and he said, Chad, I love what you're doing The skepticism is erased. I want to be ground zero to everything you're doing in Wisconsin. And man, I can tell that story in just about every state how hearing the truth about God's role in American history and seeing that we don't want them to be political, we want them to be engaged, be Matthew 5, salt and light. And Jesus tells us in that scripture if we're not salt, we're good for nothing to be thrown in the street and trodden under the feet of men. And so that pastor, along with thousands of others in these past few years has become convinced they're just needing to be biblical these days, not political.
1: Well, Chad, that's why we love and appreciate uh, you and Faith Wins so much. And you know, listen, just by de- by way of definition itself, to be salt and light demands that you're engaged, that you're involved. It is impossible to be salt and light and not be engaged and may the story you just shared be repeated thousands and thousands of times over. Let me ask you this, Chad, because I'm really curious to hear your response. And I want to ask this question from two sides of the same coin, Uh, but have you seen a change of energy among pastors since the Dobbs decision? And the, the, what I'm asking this from two sides on the one hand, People like you and me and a host of others, we've been fighting for life for decades and decades, never thought we'd see this day come. Are you seeing more energy from that perspective? But are you seeing, on the other hand, perhaps more pulling away from involvement because they're watching vandalism in churches, uh, pregnancy resource centers, and they're a little intimidated by what they're seeing? Uh, So across the board, what kind of response and energy level, positive or negative, are you seeing as a result of the Dobbs decision?
7: Well, we were in New Hampshire this past week in some churches who told us they had never been involved, that Dobbs was a big part. But there's a new resolution, a new uh, backbone that's come about. I see people coming out of the woodwork, Jody. People, are they're coming out everywhere. In our 130, well, we've done about 115 meetings of those, 132 so far. We've had over 30,000 people in our meetings. We're now over 6,000 pastors that have been in those meetings. And I would have to say that 30 to 40 percent of them are telling me we have never been Involved. We see the need. It's the crime. It's the poor southern border. It's the chaos in the Middle East and around the world that's been created by a feeble and a weak. Uh, leadership set here in America, I think people are coming out of the woodwork with a new resolution to get involved and do something about what they see. I really have not seen the apathy. It's like you said, man, I've been working on the life issue for my entire adult career. It gives me uh, just really gives me goosebumps to think what God has done here in America with that. So I really don't see the apathy. What I see is an overcoming of the apathy we've seen for many, many years. They know God's at work. They believe there's a sifting going on in the church. Uh, This woke nonsense has woken up people that they've got to get involved. I'm very encouraged. I spent my entire adult career trying to get people involved, and I've never seen people pouring out of the woodwork like they are right now.
1: And that is awesome. And I hope all of our uh, viewers and listeners right now take what you just said in. And personalize it a great deal, many people uh, sometimes feel alone. they watch the raids that are taking place, and all this type of thing and And the tendency oftentimes is to be fearful we We have uh, just the opposite is taking place, as you just described. People are getting energized they 're stepping up to the plate. Let me shift gears just a little bit on you uh, Chad, if I can and the discussion of voter integrity this is an issue that likewise I hear a lot about, uh, but Uh, In a similar fashion to what you just mentioned, reality is that uh, we have seen record turnout in the primary elections, and the trend actually seems to uh, have continued right now when it comes to early voting across the country. So uh, all the naysayers, were, were they wrong? What's your take on this? You know, it's funny. I was just in your state, Jody. We did four meetings across Georgia
7: a week before last. And, uh, of course, uh, Rush Limbaugh used to say uh, the great thing about being a liberal is you never have to say you're sorry. And the lady, Stacey Abrams, made all these claims. She owes a big apology to the state of Georgia, and the MLB does too. You know, moving the All-Star game last year that cost your state tens of millions of dollars because of this awful voter integrity law, which has been exactly the opposite of what she and others on the left have said. Oh, it would suppress the vote. Quite the contrary. We are proving right now that people care about election integrity. They want things to be right. They want it to be easy to vote, hard to cheat. Jody, you probably know our little team in Virginia recruited 1,343 people to be poll watchers in the state of Virginia in 2021. And we stumbled into it, man. It was just one of those things that people wanted to be involved in. You know, our folks, just by having having Christian eyeballs on the process, we found one place that 17 people registered from the same address. They called me and said, Chad, what do you think? I said, must be a big house. And we sent a Sunday school class down there, and it was a field. We found one person that had registered 27 times. I can go on and on and on, but Christian eyeballs need to be on the process. We're actually recruiting poll watchers in churches in every state we can touch, Jody, because we think it's important that it's not just about voting. It's not just about uh, elections. It's about Christian voices and votes being heard and felt. Up and down the ballot, all across the land, in every state, every city and town, because we have to reemerge with the church as a cultural influence, in my opinion.
1: Absolutely. You know, and at the end of the day, uh, voting is the primary tool that we have as American citizens for our voices to be heard as it relates to who's going to represent us and thereby what kind of policies are going to represent us. And if ever, the integrity of the voting booth is compromised. We are in serious trouble, so the efforts from many states, as you mentioned my own home state of georgia uh the efforts to uh secure voter integrity uh it has it it's boosting turnout. I have already early voted in Georgia, and when I was there, I asked them what's the what's the turnout and they were amazed they said fantastic turnout, so it seems that the efforts to secure election integrity actually does, in fact, help voter turnout. Would you agree with that?
7: Amen. There's no question about it. People deserve, Americans deserve to feel like their vote is safe. They, they need to understand and believe in and have confidence in the idea that it is easy to vote, but hard to cheat. And that if you got a vote, then that vote needs to be secured. I agree with you. We're seeing it everywhere. And in the early voting states like Georgia, turnout is magnificent. People are coming out of everywhere saying my vote matters and it counts. And I'm going to come out and vote.
1: It's it's fantastic, and you know, and it's not just Georgia. I mean, let's let's face it. You are all over the country right now, and you are seeing firsthand. You're uh, watching. You're talking with people on the ground, and you are seeing the very thing that you are talking to us about right now. And the reality is that when someone knows, when they know, and when they feel secure that their vote will count. Uh, and that the election itself is valid, they're more likely to go vote. Isn't that correct?
7: That's exactly right. And, you know, I think what people are recognizing is there was a lot of murmuring and worrying after the last election, but it's not a new thing, Jody. I don't know if you've been watching, but a lot of these candidates, the conservatives are pointing out, uh, they're being called all these names like election denier, and they're pointing out that, hey, the left and the right have questioned elections for a long time. It is time we get this right in America, and we secure the vote, and we make sure there are eyeballs on the process. We know about areas where people tried to keep, uh, especially conservatives, were kept out of the the ability to watch the vote. And I think that there have been a lot of laws passed at the state level. There are certainly a lot of organizations working on this effort across the country. And people need to know and deserve to know that their vote matters and it's secure and that they're not going to be cheated out of that vote. And I believe what we're seeing right now is a repudiation of that excuse that, oh, my goodness, these election integrity laws are going to hurt the the turnout. That's not true at all. It's quite the contrary exactly the opposite. People want to know that it's secure.
1: Absolutely. So let's go down, Chad, to the individual out there, and I'm sure you've spoken to this individual, many like this, who feel as though their votes no longer count, who feel as though the system is corrupt, that it's rigged, whatever adjective you want to use to describe it. What What message do you give to that individual right now?
7: You know, I had an older gentleman in Miami, Florida. We were at a church uh, last, um, boy, we were in Florida Sunday night and Monday lunch. And he came up to me Sunday night. I guess we're in Fort Lauderdale. And he said, you know, I just don't feel like my vote counts. And I said, sir, there are people who want you to feel exactly that way. Your vote is one of the most precious things you're given as an American. It's one of the things that sets us apart. Our founders said that rights come from God, not from the state. And one of those rights is we live in a representative republic right out of Exodus 1821, when Moses' father-in-law instructed Moses, select able men, men of truth, hating covetousness, and select them to be member leaders of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. That That's when our founders, that's the scripture our founders pointed to, that we're always a representative republic, it gets under my skin. People keep calling it a democracy. We're not a democracy. We're a republic. But that means we have the responsibility, Jody, to find out what people stand for, not to vote on a party or a politician or a personality, but on policies and principles that most closely align with our biblical worldview. And i told this gentleman every bit of that, and I said, your vote is one of the most precious things you have as an American. You don't ever need to let anybody talk you out of that. If you don't go vote, you have done what some of those people want you to do, and that is to have your vote suppressed so you don't show up and think it doesn't matter. Your vote always matters, and we know that our responsibility, our duty is to do what God tells us to do, and the
1: results are left up to him. Fantastic, Chad. We've got about 30 seconds left. If you could uh, just tell us where people can go to find out more information about you and Faith Wins.
7: Yes, sir, they can go to faithwins, F A I T H, faithwins, W I N S dot org faithwins.org, and all our list of where we're going to be. Uh, we leave next. We're actually going to be doing meetings in California. You know, there are some congressional seats that need Christian turnout. And then we're going to go to Nevada. I think we've got eight meetings coming up this week in those two states. The next week we go to Arizona and to Texas where we wrap up our tour. But, you know, God's been good, Jody. We're going to end up with 132 meetings in 24 states. And our, our goal is simple. Maximize the Christian vote. Registration.
1: Chad, we got we to gotta go. Thank you, Chad Conley. Faith wins. Thank you for joining us on Washington Watch. Tony Perkins will be back on Monday. Monday. Hope you have a fantastic remainder of your weekend. God bless. Thank you for joining us on Washington Watch.
0: Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action.